Welcome to episode 293 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsburg, and I want to welcome back Kelly Gamont. She's back on the show. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing well, David. How are you? I am doing great. So glad you're here. Happy to be here as always. Yes. And also glad that I'm that is here is Ben Rathix. Yeah, how you doing, Ben? With his with his Cubs hat, his Cubs garb. Always a pleasure, Dave. Baseball season's upon us. Yep, I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. You and me both. Last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamet is here. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. I totally did not get the sports joke, but that's okay. I'm happy to be hanging out with all of you. Yes. Yes, I am happy to hang out with you as well. So another show here. We got lots of good things to talk about this week. We're going to touch upon what you have, what you had, had in a chance the last couple of weeks is in the other Macintosh shows at 40 years old this, this, this last past month here. We're going to touch upon that. Got a little of cord cutting this week and cord cutting this week to talk about it, that beta and some, uh, you know, some other good topics here. But, uh, as we always do with the topics, let's uh, first start off with beta. Apple did release this iOS 17.4 beta three. And iPad OS as well, taught to developers, and it's a public beta as well. So there is, there there was there was a really still kinds of things we had been talking about. I just always open it up to Ben. What's 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 new? I'm assuming you've already upgraded and experiencing it. Uh, I have, and I'm not really seeing it much new. Yeah, a lot a lot of the EU changes we've been talking about. I don't need to go down that road again. The alternate app store alternate payment options, third-party browser updates, NFC access, and then the whole thing about the web apps, which we're going to talk a little bit about. There's some new, new news about that and a little bit here. Gaming app changes, and of course, you know, you just got to have changes with emojis as well as messaging with Siri. I shouldn't have said that, but I did say it. And yep, yeah, all the other fun stuff that's in there. And, uh, and then next-gen CarPlay support, that's coming as well. So I think nothing real eventful. Jeff, you have still haven't updated your iPad, right? <laughs> I need to plug it in and charge it back up. Yeah. I blame Apple because the battery in this iPad is shot, but this close to being shot enough that they'll actually replace the battery. So nice. It's under yeah. under 80, right? Yep. Have to get under 80 before they'll do it. Yep. So also, watchOS 10.4 was released. Includes the new emoji characters, as such as Time, Edible, Brown Mushroom, and Phoenix, Broken Chain, you know, some of that fun stuff. So really not much. And then the watchOS hasn't been too overly exciting the last uh, couple betas here. tvOS is uh, also out. That's 17.4. Really not much in there as far as an update there. I keep seeing references to the home OS we talked about before. Still no, no, nothing else really confirmed with that when it comes to, uh, uh, when it comes to that uh, beta. And also, I guess I got to start reporting Vision Pro. The Vision OS is now at 1.1. And that's the second beta for that. And that is going to, the big thing was is the fixing of the forgetting your passcode because I seem to remember we talked about last week that if you forgot your passcode, you had to bring it to Apple to get it un- unlocked for you. So, so that's a that that's well, a crazy thing. I think the beta also brings mobile device management to. Um, yes, I was seeing I was seeing some some chatter about that as well, so that it can be managed. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how that's going to shake out for me. And while we're on that topic, I did see you were able to try it. I, I still haven't been able to schedule a demo. I've been so gosh darn busy. But uh, you need to do a demo. Yeah. It, I mean, it I is do. a I, great I really experience. Do. I really do. I got to get mm-hmm. that maybe this weekend. Yeah. How, how was, was your experience, Kelly, on the, on the Vision Pro? It was fun and it was very surprising because I tend to be a person who gets queasy from VR headsets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And not a bit with this one. And I, the battery ran down before I was actually <laughs> done messing with it. So I did. So, yeah, I haven't. I, I was I was surprised by it for that reason, because it was it was not heavy and it didn't make me sort of nauseous by the time I was done sort of playing around with it. I got to play with the Disney Plus app. Mr. Kelly also got a chance to try it out and can vouch for the Mount Hood environment being legit. He has camped in the place where they did that, where the environment is from. So he was he was very impressed with that. So he got a kick out of it. I I really like there's a, a dinosaur thing that you can do that I thought was really fun. Uh, and that's how I just didn't do it. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it mm-hmm. was very cool. And some of the basic stuff I saw was was a lot of fun. I still don't need one. It was cool to strap the future to my face and check it out. But yeah. I'm not I'm still not at the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously I get one of these. But it was really neat to get to see because a lot like it's similar to the the first iPad to me in that all I see in it is the potential. And I really want creative people that I know to get their hands on one, get get their hands on one, get their faces on one and get one on their faces. What? They want to bury um, their face in one. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Make it a PG 13. So it's 18. <laughs> so uh, all I see in it is the, the potential and what people could do with it and where it might go. And so I'm really interested to see now that you can get the actual hardware in your hands, which also like the original iPad was kind of a trick. If you were trying to develop anything for it, you couldn't tell if it was because the simulator was deciding to nope out in the middle of the thing that you were trying to test, or if it was actually something in the code that you were testing that was causing you the difficulty. So now that people actually can get a hold of them, I'm hoping that we'll see some stuff that's, that's really creative and very cool. And I'm looking forward to what directions people are going to take this in. Awesome. Did you, were you a demo? You did a demo at the store? Do you have a friend or? No, I have a friend who is very generous and brought it over and uh, we ate pizza and I strapped the future to my face and it was really nice. Nice. (laughs) I uh, also, also want to talk since we're talking about vision pro here, Apple, Apple's uh, people are the Apple fans, I guess you would call it, are going to be are starting to return their uh, Vision Pros because people bought it for the 14 day rental mm-hmm. <laughs> to try them out. So they're starting to re- uh, re- uh, do the returns. I have a link in the show notes from The Verge talking about that. And I would anticipate that there's going to be some pretty good sized numbers of returns because uh, you know everybody's going to be comfortable. Yeah, keeping. So everybody needed one, but not everybody has a thirty five hundred maybe a place for it bill. and mm-hmm. can yeah can take a thirty five hundred dollar hit or more. You know, if you need right. lenses, for um, yeah. if you need a case, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So, uh, and actually, adapters I, I, another twenty nine bucks. Like you know, yep. five hundred dollar wheels and the forty dollar polishing cloth. The yeah. scuzzy Terminator, the socks, <laughs> you know, the yeah. multicolored yeah, socks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
make a correction. Actually, the Apple did release Vision OS 1.0.3. That was the the version that started the the fix for the reset option for the passcode. Uh, oh, okay. Of course, beta just took care of more updates. So yeah, again, it's version 1.0. My opinion, it's I I I'm gonna definitely want to do at least a demo, try it out, and get experience mm-hmm. with it. But yeah, it's not gonna be in my uh, my budget anytime soon. So <laughs> hey, Ben. When you have a yep. chance, schedule a a Vision Pro demo and lie on the Vision part, or because it asks you the questions. That's what I did, and I found out that it actually can track my eyes. Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to do a free demo and see if it works for you. And and they scanned um, my glasses and and gave me lenses based on on the scan and the the prescription was close enough that, that I could see fine. I could see just enough of, of an image quality degradation to know that I do need to have my own lenses if I ever get these, but Mm -hmm. right. Give it a shot because it may very well work for you. Yeah. The the only problem there is that it's a two-hour drive to the nearest Apple store. Yeah, I was going to say, you're in Madison. I was saying, when you get a chance. Yeah, it's going to be the summer at the earliest. Yeah, well, that's a long, that's a long drive. To I, I'm to still <laughs> waiting to hear your your report with anticipation. Oh. <laughs> you, were going, you were going there. Oh, you cracked me up, Jeff. Oh, so that's Vision Pro uh, and... Yeah, we'll obviously be talking about it, and we have been talking about it for the last three, three last three episodes or so, even more. So go back and listen to some of the stuff we talked about uh, as far as that goes. So next topic here, yeah, the Macintosh. It actually turned forty years old, and it's uh, pretty amazing that that's been that long since the Mac has come out. I was a, a late bloomer. I didn't, I mean, I dabbled using Apple twos when I was in high school and then I kind of wandered away from the computer world for many years and then finally came back to the, to the Mac world in 2005, right? When Apple f- decided to move to the Intel processor at the time. So my, my, my very first, I, I mean, I did have an Apple Mac. I had, I had a, a PowerBook G4, the, the small one. And then I had my first actual MacBook was uh, the white MacBook, that first one that came out in 2006. Yeah. That's a classic. Um, so, and then I never turned back. So, so I don't have <laughs> as much as history as you guys here. So a couple links I've got in the show notes. One of them is from the Steve Jobs archive. They, they gave a really nice narrative about uh, the 40 years of the Macintosh and showing the Mac, Mac team and a lot of great, great times that happened during that time. So I think, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, an amazing tool to think that the Mac started it all and we wouldn't have an iPhone or an iPad or any of those devices today mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the Mac and where it came, where it's evolved and it's still going strong. I'll start with you, Jeff. What, what's your memories of, uh, of the Mac? What was your first Mac? My, the first Mac that I owned myself was a Quadra 610 DOS compatible, okay. but yeah, I know. But I, I had been using Macs for quite a while before that. And, and actually, the f- mm-hmm. when, when I was first in a position to buy a Mac, I didn't. And that's because I was uh, debating 
at the time the Apple II GS was out as well. And when I did the pros and cons about what was going to give me the most value, the most power, and the most flexibility with how I use a computer, it was not a Mac. Mm -mm. And uh, so so I bought a 2GS and used that all the way up until I bought that uh, Quadra. And yeah, and actually, I'm totally going to to nitpick a little bit because you said the Mac was what started it all. No, it was the Apple II the because Apple II. they had to ooh, use ooh, the Apple II. Let me, well, to build actually, Mister mm-hmm. Ginsburg. Well, actually, yeah, uh, it it was it was the the Apple II. I think is is the one that I mean the app. There was the Apple One, like is a thing that existed mm-hmm. in the world, right. but but the two is the one that that was like produced at scale and people could actually regular people could get their hands on and that kind of thing. So. Many schools had them. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. Jeff. You said your quadro was the six thirty, six ten. Oh, six ten. Okay, with the DOS compatible card in it. It was the that's mm-hmm. the pizza box, right? Six ten. Yes, it was the bigger pizza box. Yeah. Okay. Because there was yeah. the LC pizza box and yeah. then the quadro pizza box. Yeah. How about you, Ben? What was your yeah. first Mac? PowerBook one sixty. Nice. Motorola sixty eight oh three zero running three zero. It running system 7.1, black and white. Yeah, good times. Yep. I like the, that the, computer the, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the funny story on that one, my handwriting was was so terrible that the DB Community School District actually issued me about a $4,000 laptop. <laughs> wow. Because nobody f- thought to think, Oh, he might be left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> it helps when you have an advocate that that's like, no, stop putting that pencil in that kid's right hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but from there, I have actually owned Mac, not only Macs, but Mac laptops in 68K, PowerPC, Intel, and ARM. Yep. Nice. Wow. Yeah, and this just the thing to start it all was the the original Macintosh in 1984. Uh, yeah, how, how could we not forget that that classic commercial that was aired during the Super Bowl that year? Yeah, uh, and uh, then nothing they didn't turn back. I mean, that was uh, quite a revolutionary product at that time. Yeah, my first my the first one I bought myself was the PowerBook 1400 CS. Also a really cool Mac. I, oh, how I loved it. I used to call it the Lego laptop because you'd pop off the speaker grill and lift up the keyboard and there was all the guts and you could do all the things with your computer because I, I, when I got it, I took out the, uh, I upgraded the memory and at one point uh, it also had the expansion bay. Like there were so many cool ideas that came out of the power, the, this specific model of PowerBook. I think the expansion bay came from other things because you could put other stuff in it. You could put an extra battery. Mm-hmm. It could be a CD drive. It could be a floppy drive, whatever you wanted in there. The PCMCIA slots. Mine came with a coupon and I had to mail away, ask your parents, for it came with the the mail away for a 33.6 PCMCIA modem that I could put in the side. And it had the little thing that popped out that you plug the phone cord into which was also an, a very awesome little device. 
And it had this thing called the book cover. And so it came with sort of a seam and you could pop the top piece of plastic off the back of your computer and then you could put something else there. And it came with one that was clear and then it came with some different patterned on like cardstock that you could put in there and have your computer be some sort of different creative thing. But also the computer itself shipped with a Photoshop template so <laughs> that you could make your own things to put under your book cover so that you could express your creativity before they made blue computers. You could do this. And so I learned enough Photoshop to take the Bloom Car County cartoon, the Sunday one. Gene Simmons never had a personal computer when he was a kid. And I found a way to format that and put it there. And then next to it was the Banana Junior, which was the the computer that they used in Bloom County. So I had that next to it. And so then it was, you know, Gene Simmons and the whole thing. And and then over on the other side was the Banana Junior computer. And it was the cutest thing and I was so happy about it and it made that computer mine and no matter where you were you could see from across the room which which computer was Kelly's computer even in a room of PowerBook 1400s so that's and you could upgrade everything in it like I said I you know I put new memory in it I put a new hard drive in it at one point and one day I powered it up and it made the car crash noise and I cried <laughs> oh <laughs> Oh. Because I literally drove that sucker till the wheels fell off because it made an honest to God car crash noise. And I, I went, wasn't expecting this story to end with oh, a this, yeller. Holy oh, crap. Oh, this seems bad. <laughs> well, but I I exactly. That was that was how it felt, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I loved, loved, loved that machine. It was such a good computer and so like it was solid, but it was super portable. And it was unbelievably useful and it is because of that computer because the trackpad the trackball was so far away no it had trackpad the trackpad was so far away from the keyboard like regular sized people could just do things with their thumbs but i really couldn't so i had to move my hands all the time so in order to keep the travel time down i started learning all the keyboard shortcuts and that's how i ended up learning all of the ways that you can do stuff with the keyboard instead of having to mouse around to it or use the trackpad for it but it was such a good computer. And yeah, if it hadn't made the car crash noise, <laughs> uh, like I looked up like getting a logic board replacement for that computer so that because I'm like, I can swap it out. I can save it. It was very much that, you know, you know, it's worse than that. It's dead, Jim kind of moment. I was very, I was very, very sad when that computer finally gave it up. But I had it for a really, really long time. Yeah. Well, I started with the PC, so I had it yeah. for a while. So, I, but I was a late bloomer, can I say? Yeah, it happens to everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mr. Kelly didn't have a Mac until years that started with two. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. So the funny thing is there was actually one application that fully, fully brought me to the Mac. Which was that? Burning Monkey Solitaire. <laughs> oh, oh, I missed that so bad. But, oh. But it, a little application called Hypercard. Yeah. In grade school, I did a presentation on it mm -hmm. that I could do on basically no other computer. I mean, yeah. my my first the first computer I really had access to was a Commodore sixty four. Yeah. My my second cousin, my dad's cousin, worked for Commodore, so nice. I was destined to be destined to be an Amiga guy. <laughs> that 
Man, what a missed opportunity with the Amiga platform. Yeah, oh, but, seriously. But it's just when when I had once I used HyperCard and did mm-hmm. this awesome presentation, mm-hmm. I just knew I had to be a Mac guy. Yeah. Yep. No, well, I'm happy I am. Unfortunately, like Kelly, we still have to support the PC side too, but yeah. but that that the Mac is our our love. And yeah. Anytime I'm away from work, I'm always on the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, although I do use a Mac at work as well, but I have to be. Yeah, fortunately, I have to yeah. have a PC too. Yeah. So, but uh, guys, anything else on on Mac and your your thoughts or even on? Mostly, I'm impressed with the legacy and the evolution and what Apple has become over those 40 years. Yeah. Because there were there were a number of, you know, we'll call them, you know, season-ending cliffhangers when everybody kind of wondered if if Apple was ever going to come back, you know. And there were a few of those even before we got the Wired cover, you know. And then we had the beleaguered era, and you know, just seeing all of the all of the times and all of the different ways and all the different reasoning there was from other people who counted Apple out and didn't take it seriously and didn't believe in them. And, you know, lots of people, you know, even even us all at some point kind of probably had a moment of like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really, I you know, I saw so many people with like the X-Files poster, you know, with the six color <laughs> logo at the top that said, I want to believe, you know, and like so much of that. And yet, you know, now here they are and other people are using them as the case study. Like, you know, you should be more like Apple, you know, to do that thing that you're trying to do. And, you know, we heard so many, you know, so many stories about crazy things that Apple did and crazy things that Apple's doing, crazy things that Apple's going to do. And, you know, yet here they are. And, you know, I think the official term for this, sorry to get technical because I'm not all the way up on my financial terms, but they are killing it. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is comes from a spot where, I fully expected prior to Steve coming back that the future of the Mac community would be power computing running BOS. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That that was a, a legit projection at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I would have lost I would have lost on that because I would have also bet on power computing. They were cooler, they were faster. Yeah. They had so much better marketing and advertising at the time. Yeah. Oh god, I I still remember those fighting back for the Mac advertising mm-hmm. campaigns yeah. yeah yep yep um we also have some uh some folks in the chat tonight that's at youtube.com slash in touch with ios guy searle how you doing guys so glad to see you on in hey, the guy. chat uh, he said he his first computer was a mac plus with four megabytes of ram and a 40 megabyte external drive a dot matrix printer and it was 2500 bucks when he bought it that 40 megabyte external drive. I remember yeah, 40 those. megabytes. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. You click that button, turn on your computer, yeah. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. Rev as up. that drive spins up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And he backed all... it all up to magneto optical. <laughs> yeah. Or SciQuest cartridges. <laughs> and uh, Wayne, good to see you in the chat. <laughs> He said, HyperCard was awesome. I still have my Amiga 2000 sitting in my storage room. So there's, there's another uh, good, good comment there about the Mac. But I, we all have great, great memories and, and a lot of good future with the Mac. And I'm, I'm very pleased to where, ever, where, everybody, 
where the Mac is going. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's going to continue on to evolve with the processors that we have now. And, you know, I absolutely love these M series processors and I think we're going to be in a, in a good, in good shape here on the Macs and the, uh, well, I'm glad here, they keep so. doing stuff because I like to get to come here and hang out with all of y'all. This is true. Uh, even in our private chat, you guys were mentioning Mac Addict. I remember that that publication. That was a that was a great magazine, and a lot of a lot of great Mac magazines were out in the, in the, in the yeah. day. And those all, like every other magazine, has gone into the oblivious yeah. and they're not around anymore. But they always, yeah, those always I'm had sure I still the have CDs, CDs that you had with all the extra yeah. fun stuff with it. And, uh, I'm sure I still have some of those somewhere. I wrote some things that got published in Mac Addict magazine, nice. so I probably have. Nice. I probably have some copies of those. It was very exciting to be because it was a thing I could point out to like my family that they understood. Like there's a magazine on the shelf in the store that you can go get. It's got Kelly's name in it. She wrote a thing. I did it too. Mm -hmm. I wrote, I wrote an article for iPhone life magazine. So yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. 2019. They, they published it on, on podcast, on podcast apps. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I got it still sitting on my desk at work to to this day. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. So they even paid me for it. So I can't complain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nominal amount, but, but good, good stuff with the Mac. And I think, uh, like I said, we'll, 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 we'll keep, uh, keep going and using our Macs. We love them. So let's go ahead and move on to the the, the next topics here. Let's do a little bit of this week in cord cutting. Got a couple stories and <laughs> things that are going on. I'm, you know, I've, I'm, a, I'm all in with YouTube TV. Uh, not all of you are, but I, I'm, 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 you know, do I like it? Yes. Do I not like it? Sometimes not the way, the way, the way the interface is. <laughs> I mean, I think Google <laughs> and YouTube has, YouTube TV has some shortcomings they need to do and make some updates to the way they do things with the interface. But you know what? I cannot stand Comcast. I'm so glad I walked away from them and, and, and I'm, I'm happy that mm. I'm using YouTube TV for my primary service for, for, for TV. But a couple things that they've uh, added uh, recently here, this is all in uh, cord cutters news. Great, great site. I always recommend to go that uh, Ben and I both love that site. I think you guys do that. Uh, they always talking about some great topics and on cord cutting. YouTube did, TV did confirm that it will let you customize multi-view experiences and pick the games you want. So in sports, that was always the big pain in the butt because you always had to go at the mercy of whatever sports they feel like uh, putting it in multi-view. Well, now you, you're going to actually be able to go into up to watch up to four events at this, and, you know, in a grid. Um, and now you actually can customize that and be able to move and pick you know, whichever, whichever sports you want to, to look at. It's a, you know, anyway, any, anything, uh, anything from uh, college basketball and college football and NBA and a lot of that stuff is, is going to be on there now. So for those of you who are sports fans, that's, that's a nice thing. I'd like to see them kind of do other things too. I mean, they do have multi-grid views for the news and they also have it for weather as, as a fixed way of looking at things. It's sometimes when you're, when it's, when there's bad weather, you got Fox weather and you got, and you got the weather channel and, and, and you can look at both those at the same time and see what they're doing. So, uh, so it's, it's cool, kind of cool that they did that. YouTube also, YouTube TV also is confirming you finally can jump back to the last channel you watch with a single press of a button. Didn't have that option, which was kind of crazy. Well, I mean, that's why it's revolutionary. Yeah. Kind of revolutionary. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So, you know, for 1980. 
You mean yeah. push enter twice on the TiVo finally came to. And then they even, yeah, they even have on devices like Apple TV and they did, uh, YouTube did confirm this, this feature. Actually, this was uh, today as we record this and the update will allow you to just hold and select a button and be able to hold on the button and be able to toggle between that, which is uh, finally you're able to do that. So, so it's, I'm still getting used to it and I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I just, I'm just happy. I said goodbye to Comcast, you know, any thoughts, uh, yep. Ben, on that? Yes. Yeah, it's it, it's about time, YouTube TV. And I think that's, I think the interface is really the last part of digital TV that hasn't quite yet been solved. Yeah. Especially on Apple TV. Yep. Oh, yeah. For sure. Any thoughts, Jeff? You know, Comcast needs to work a lot harder to make yeah. their their products more palatable. And I blame Comcast for a lot of the the cord cutter revolution. So, you know, maybe YouTube should send Comcast a a fruit basket. (laughs) (laughs) Was it, who were the two giant ones that merged? Was it Time Warner and Cable Internet Providers? Yeah, Time Warner and Spectrum, which is now just Time Warner and Spectrum. Okay. So I remember when that happened and when, when there was a rumor that like Time Warner and Spectrum internet, they're going to merge. And the Time Warner people were like, I have Time Warner cable internet. This can't possibly be worse. So yay. And all the Spectrum people went, well, Time Warner can't possibly be worse than Spectrum. So yay. And (laughs) meanwhile, Dave and I are over here going, that's because none of y'all have Comcast. So like, (laughs) and I don't remember who it is every year. One of the like, it's not in Gadget, but it there it's it's one of those sort of newsy sites that always does like the the consumer face off for March Madness every year, and like Comcast wins every year, and they keep calling them Comcast because Comcast's big upgrade to everything that was supposed to make everyone love Xfinity. them was just to change their name, yeah, which is stupid and unbelievably frustrating. And my internet has been super janky the last week now. My router continues to send me a steady stream of push notifications that say, your internet has been restored after a brief outage all the time. And so I'm very frustrated with it and I'm ready to pull the cord on the entire thing. I was just thinking earlier when you were announcing, when you were talking about YouTube TV, I was making a face because I was wondering when was the last time I watched something live on broadcast television? Because in the, no. when Mr. Kelly's getting ready to go to work, he watches local news in the morning to to you know see what's going on and get weather and traffic and stuff but i generally don't and so i could not i cannot tell you the last time i saw something i sat down and watched a program even on tivo like i was just thinking like tivo sits over there and records and records and records and i don't ever see anything on it because i sit down and watch something on a service so i'm starting to think like maybe i i mean i want to get rid of comcast altogether i wish to forsake them entirely swiftly and without mercy (laughs) But I don't have an alternate internet provider at, that's the, at the moment. So that's what I'm trying to start out. Yeah. It really stinks. So I'm very frustrated by it, but I'm really, but a lot of people who do it, you know, they do it and everything's fine. The world doesn't end. Right. I, you know, lots of stuff, like lots of people, lots of people stop paying for cable and go on to lead very productive lives and be contributing members of society. So I'm sort of hoping I can end up being one of those people as soon as I have an alternate for 
internet, then it is happening so fast. And I keep looking and I keep I keep being in the right zip code. They're like, oh, your zip code has internet service. Give us your whole address. And then they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, except for that one. Yeah. Womp womp. Like if you lived on the other side of the street, I feel like one day they're going to go. Just could you move across the street? You know, make friends with your neighbor. But until then, I'm sort of stuck with them, which I find even more frustrating. But yeah, I know. I yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping one day that that, that I, too, can take a page out of David's book and go get yeah, something the, else. The joy yeah. of municipal broadband. Yeah. Holy yes. crap. Right. Changes everything. Or, get fi- or, or fiber. AT&T fiber has been the godsend, knock on wood. Literally yeah. anything. At this point, I feel like the right the right tin cans with the correct length of string will be better than the Comcast service I have yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, so it's uh, good to see you. Uh, YouTube TV is oh, finally doing some, uh, they're making some changes to stuff. So here. Yeah. I feel um, like people at Google finally used YouTube TV and went, it doesn't do what now? That's stupid. We should fix it. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, another one of those uh, free streaming services are out there. Uh, notably, you know, Pluto TV, if anybody didn't notice, they changed their logo. It looks a little different than they, oh. they, than they used to. So, yeah. It's like Pluto, Steamboat Willie yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. No, I just saw that last planet. night. <laughs> I saw that nice with uh, John Oliver on the Colbert. He brought Steamboat Willie out. <laughs> Because <laughs> because <Yep>. of the <laughs> oh it was funny that's another story but maybe you think <laughs> so uh, yeah they came up with there's another free streaming service that's out there it's called Zeem that's Z E A M and it features local news travel and sports content it is now live it's a new service it's from broadcaster Gray Television about 300 local stations have partnered on this new free service and it went live uh, just this past Wednesday actually yeah this week as we're recording so. It's, uh, you know, it joins a number of free ad supported streaming services that are now ex- exploded with the popularity, including, uh, uh, everyone, everyone from Roku to Fox to, uh, for their, has their free service and, uh, and many of the others, including, I just mentioned about Pluto TV and they have a lot of the local affiliates and some of the news news. Uh, I know there's another service called news on. I sometimes like to go watch, like, like I want to watch something in Portland. I can do that because they have the local yeah. Portland channels or Las Vegas or wherever. In the U.S., so so this looks like a, you know a continuing trend to having these types of services available. They do have an Apple TV app, which I was pleased to see. It's a little wonky the way the way it works, but I think they'll they'll work through the bugs. And you know, I'm sure as we get uh, more and more people looking at that service, so it's, it's something cool to see. I also didn't mention uh, I I also supplement YouTube TV because they don't have the History Channel and A and E networks on YouTube TV, unfortunately, which is kind of a, a sad thing. So. I have a service called Friendly TV, which is I, I, their their interface isn't as friendly, in my opinion. But <laughs> it, it's it's nice because you know, I'm a big American Pickers, Pawn Stars, you know, History Channels buff. Oh, I like the- wa- love watching those shows. So I said <laughs> I can't not have that. And, and friend, Friendly is not that expensive. I think it's like something like seventy dollars a year or something like that. So it's not. And it, they That's have other. Cha- yeah. They have a good a good selection of other channels on there too. So. Uh, but this is, uh, but this is another free service. It's worth checking out. See if it's something that you might like. Um, yeah. Guys, any comments or uh, on that? I use any of these free services. Yeah. From the looks of it, this is basically a gray television version of a of a service that my former employer Sinclair owned called Stir. Yep, which is actually coming back too. 
Someone they they, yeah, they sold I, it. But 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 it's no longer owned by Sinclair. Right. It's sold. Yeah, it's sold <laughs> Someone else has it now. But yeah, I think a lot of these broadcast uh, networks are 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 looking to get into this. Uh, like Comcast owns Zumo, and you know Fox has got was it Tubi? Oh yeah. So all these and then plus we're all also also been talking about they're all talking about these three sports networks wanting to merge and creating a streaming service in the fall. That's another interesting thing. I, it's not, I tell you, I have just become very much intrigued to how this all this cord cutting is happening and all the changes with streaming services in general. It's it's been rather interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least. Anything else you want to add on that? All right, let's talk about this story, and then we'll move into the news here. <laughs> Apple confirms iOS seventeen point four disables the home screen app, home screen web apps from the in the European Union with the second beta of seventeen point four. Apple disabled much of the functionality of the progressive web apps or P. PWAs in the European Union, and there was some speculation that it could be a temporary change or 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 a bug. Well, Apple actually confirmed on the developer's website and explains that that users in the EU will not have access to home screen web apps due to the support of the alternate browser engines and accompanying security risks that work around and implement a new solution. According to Apple, Home screen apps are built on WebKit and the secure and its security architecture, and are uh, and are designed to align with the privacy and security model for the native apps for iOS storage isolation and system prompts to access uh, privacy functions on a per site basis are crucial. So I know we had a little bit of a discussion on this. On, uh, I don't know if, was it on uh, Mac Voices Live or was it was here? Yep, on Mac on on the Mac show. On the Mac show, that's right. We talked about this. So that, now this confirms it. So I, I'm I'm going to open yeah. it up to Jeff because I know you had lots of opinions on this. I, <laughs> I rarely have opinions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe even a hypothesis. Occasional <laughs> hypothesis. Yep. Okay. So Apple confirming, yep, that we, we are doing this, but then also going a step farther and saying, and it's going to stay that way. That, right. That's a pretty big statement. So there... Their, I guess their fix for for equal footing for this particular feature is to give no one the feature in the EU. Yep. Whether or not it's truly a, a thing that has to stay that way because of security concerns, I mean, I'm not a developer. I don't write this code. I, yep. I don't know. I mean, par- part of it does feel spiteful to me. Just like this, a malicious this compliance has a thing. Strong, strong whiff of malicious compliance. That's really what yeah. what I got out of it. Yeah. And I was I was kind of impressed with that level, but also the the declaration, because that's not something Apple Apple doesn't come out and say things very often. And they did in this case. So that was the part I those were the two things I was impressed with was like that's a pretty high level of malicious compliance. And then to just to just out and out say something. This is how it is. This is the new reality. And uh, if you don't like it, I, uh, I, I I can hear Tim in my head saying, suck it up, buttercup. So here mm-hmm. we are. Well, yeah. Here's Which is all I had to say that. about it. I just want to get back to Jeff because yeah. I'd, I'd really love to find out if, if Jeff can muster up an opinion on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. Well, ben, you're champing at the bit. Yeah. Uh, we're we're like. Lucky enough to know a developer 
who works in the medical space, mm-hmm. who happens to work with PWAs. Mm-hmm. This is going to suck for yeah. a lot of companies, a lot of users, especially in the medical space. Mm-hmm. And I will say this: if you are on a, if you are in certain categories, do not. I will repeat: do not upgrade to seventeen point four when it comes out, because mission critical stuff is going to break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think this might come back on Apple. It, I think it, it will. Might. Okay, here's here's the thing. Malicious compliance. I really feel like like there there's a heavy dose of mis- malicious compliance going on here. Yeah. At the same time, I'm feeling like Apple is uh, is being honest in, in saying that look, we designed this thing to work with WebKit and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, all these other browsers that can come in and do their own thing outside of WebKit we have no control over that and the level of of security risk that creates to mm-hmm. us is not acceptable so if if we can't have a a certain level of security on the device then we're going to find another way to make that happen and in this case that means we just shut off the feature for europe and and here's where the hypothesis part comes in and this ties in with what you were saying, Ben, about about our friend that works in the medical industry, and and their comments about the about how much of an impact this will have on a lot of European businesses. That's a lot of European businesses, many of which are probably pretty big, and have the ear of politicians who are going to start bitching a lot. And and what they're going to be bitching about isn't, hey, why, why doesn't this work on this browser specifically? That's, I mean, that would be part of it, but the core of it will be, why don't you let us continue to do what we've always been doing because it works mm-hmm. and having to recreate all this software mm-hmm. in, a, in new, for new platforms? is not viable and you are breaking critical industry segments mm-hmm. and i think there'll be a lot of pressure to yeah. to get the eu to backpedal on this enough so that pwas can be limited to webkit i mean the the other direction is some of them could just directly blame apple for that part and, well, and and that the, will happen the, too. The, Absolutely. Yeah. What's actually yeah, going to happen is the, Apple broke my phone. I'm going to go yeah. have a cow about it in front of every available camera so that everyone knows that I'm good and mad, even though I don't really understand it. And I don't know why it doesn't work. You know, like when I saw that this is what was happening and, and the specificity of it, because it's WebKit, because we're not going to support that with anything that's not WebKit which to me is very clear, and that's a big, fat, magic marker line you can draw around it, and it's very obvious. It's not going to work because, especially if the government there is similar to the government here where they bring in the head of Google, or the head of Microsoft, I think it was, to come in and testify in front of Congress, and they're like, how come when I Google my name, all I find is people saying mean stuff about me, basically? And he's like, I, <laughs> like, I don't make iPhones, and I'm not Google. 
And I like I'm not the head of the Google search either. So I don't know. Like that was like primarily the question. Like, anytime something comes to technology, it makes me worry because in my lifetime, I remember watching congressional hearings on TV where someone who was an elected official was trying to interrogate a person and continued to repeat. And I quote, please speak into the machine. They meant the microphone and just kept saying, please speak <laughs> into the machine. And it just hurts me that that person is probably still in Congress. And I was very, very young when I remember seeing that on television. But also, <laughs> like, the fundamental issue of the technology isn't going to be the part that ends up being on trial. And nobody's going to bring Apple in front of them and go, why can't you support this on anything that's not WebKit? Or why won't you? They're just going to go, tell me why my phone is broken. Because you done broke it. I know this time it wasn't me. I asked my kids and I asked the the neighbor kid, you know, the neighbor's son, and everyone says it wasn't my fault this time. What did you do? There, there's more to my hypothesis because it's kind of elaborate. I am looking forward to it. Okay, I run so, a home for just such a theory. As I know. Really I have so many now. theories that hang out with you all the time. Oh, I love them yeah, all. I, yeah, I think I rented a room there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. You get the final um, word, Jeff. So Okay. So everything that Kelly has said, yep. Everything that Ben has said, yep. And here's the other part that ties in to, to pressure coming back on the EU. These big companies, when they start complaining about Apple breaking their software, their PWAs, they're big enough. The first thing they're going to do is go to Apple and say, what the hell? And Apple is going to say, yeah, so here's what's going on. Let's work together to fix this. And and so Apple builds a, an astroturfed coalition of companies to start putting pressure on the EU. Mm -hmm. There you go. How, how's, how's that for, for a crackpot hypothesis? I don't know yeah. that it's all that crackpot. I feel like maybe it it hangs out across the street where things are far more legitimate because I can absolutely see that from here as a reality of a thing that is happening. Well, I mean, Apple's laying the whole framework for that or the foundation for that right now. Exactly. Everything they're saying right now mm -hmm. is the setup for for being able to to leverage the big companies to their yeah. benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, move on. Actually, something related to the EU Digital Markets Act regulation. The Apple's iMessage avoids the EU Digital Markets Act regulation. Apple's iMessage will avoid this requiring interoperability with other messaging platforms under the, that, that act, the DMA, following the conclusion of an investigation by regulators. The probe concluded that the iMessage platform and Microsoft's uh, Bing do not hold dominance enough to position to be brought under the DMA's strict rules and services provided by the big techs. So the so-called <laughs> digital gatekeepers, which includes Apple, Meta, Google, Amazon, and TikTok, according to the EU and Apple and Microsoft said that they're welcome. They welcome the decision to not designate them as a core platform and services in separate statements following the announcement. I think this is good news. And on this front, at least, you know, I know we, I know we all want the green bubbles to go away in iMessage, but at least uh, this uh, this is something good. What do you think, Jeff? This makes sense. And regardless of whether or not you're a fan of Apple, th this was the right decision because mm -hmm. Apple 
in this case is not a gatekeeper. They Agreed. they just have an app that piggybacks on the SMS MMS platform yep. for part of their messaging, but then they offer their own in, independent service running through the same app. And there mm-hmm. are so many other platforms out there that people are using. And outside of the, the United States, iMessage is not a big player. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. It's like the opposite. Like yeah. here, Everybody's you know, you get it. shamed for being green bubble. And I feel like in the rest of the world, you probably get the shame for being for blue. Being blue bubble. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't see it as a blue bubble, but well, right. but they won't but, even see your message because they're checking yeah. WhatsApp instead. Yeah. That's exactly. True. I mean, the thing about it is like this isn't gonna stop people from shaming you for having green bubbles, but yeah. it's not a government. It someone literally tried to make a federal case out of it and it's not. <laughs> yeah. Your thoughts, Ben? So pretty much the reason, the way they found this out, uh, this went to the chamber, asked everybody who who had ever sent an iMessage, and like two people raised their hands. (laughs) Unsurprising. There would have been three people, but the third person has no idea what that even means. Yeah. Yeah. They just got a message from an American friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So... Next story here, uh, Peloton is dropping Apple Watch Gym Kit supports. Uh, they are dropping the support in favor of the Peloton One tap tracking. The fitness equipment company uh, revealed this week. The change is most likely to irk existing uh, Nike Plus owners who have originally purchased the $2,495 stationary workout bike. And I'm sorry, it was Bike Plus. And, and, and the, the the premise that the gym kit was a exclusive perk. Well, gym kit has become the importance since Peloton rolled out the Apple Watch integration in its fitness equipment in 2022. Gym kit offered additional integration with the Apple Health that isn't available with the Peloton solution. I saw you shaking your head, Kelly. What what do you think of this? Yeah, they, they backtrack on. Uh, they, they canceled the plan. Everybody who paid that ludicrous amount of money for that bike went back to Peloton and yelled at people and now Peloton is undoing it. Oh, it's the, yeah. is it a, oh, I didn't even see that they added there was that update. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the update it, at the bottom there. It's Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brand that just changed today. I okay. just was scrolling by like this afternoon I was scrolling by something on Mastodon and well, help I scroll down to the bottom of the page so I can make sure. Nope, that. nope, nope. <laughs> it didn't it didn't they they took it all back. No, no. So, yeah. I just happened to see that and and well, I thought news. it was really interesting because I was surprised. I was surprised that anybody supported it and I was surprised that anybody noticed and was unhappy about it going away because I've been trying to find some equipment, not Peloton, that like, you know, treadmills and, and elliptical trainers and stuff that use gym kits so that they will work with the Fitness Plus workouts. And I wanted to try and find something to upgrade the one that I have so that I can use the one that I have, you know have one that works with those where they're like okay now we're gonna go up a hill you know and i'm like okay hold you know like i have to hit pause and go like adjust it manually or something because i have a very old one so i was looking forward to trying to find one spent a little time and realized how much money it was going to be and kind of held off on it because there wasn't very much initially that supported it so i'm glad to see that it is getting traction and that people are happy with it and really like it so Yep. Mostly it just gives me hope that I'll be able to find one that is not from Peloton that works for me. And yeah. Yeah, it's good. good day back if you back. have a pick for home equipment that uses Jim Kit, please email the show and let me know because I'm yeah. looking forward to your suggestion. 
Yes. Feedback. Yes. Also, if you, know, if you, yeah. Also, if you know someone that re- something that retrofits existing gym equipment for gym kit. Oh, that'd be even that'd better. Be very. Yeah. That's yeah. a market that needs to be tapped. Yeah. Right, here's yeah, my hypothesis on this one. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Peloton took a page out of Fitbit's book, which is silo everything. Own all the data from all the users, and now you can monetize that mm-hmm. in uh, in various ways. And mm-hmm. it, it it not necessarily sell the data to other companies, although in Peloton's case, it probably would have happened. In Fitbit's case, they had said we won't ever do that, so mm-hmm. they had to work really hard to to figure out. Anyhow, the point is, <laughs> Peloton. I'm sure they wanted to silo all the data. Because mm-hmm. they felt there was more value in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And they're in a place right mm-hmm. now where if you get even a, a small vocal group of users that that complain about, about losing a feature, mm-hmm. that's really, really bad for Peloton. So they at least they were smart enough to realize, oh, crap, we need to backtrack on this one before yeah. it totally bites us. To their credit, they did. They did see that that was a little tone deaf, and got, got, stepped got back. a lot of so, a, yeah. Got a lot of social media discussion. So, oh yeah. All right. Next story: John Stewart. We like John Stewart. He is a funny guy. Confirmed that his Apple canceled show. They didn't want me to say things that might get me in trouble. <laughs> he uh, he did confirm that uh, Apple did cancel his Apple TV Plus series. The problem with John Stewart over content concerns. And he had a discussion on CBS mornings this week. It's record. Uh, he said that Apple did not want him to say things that might get him into trouble. You got to wonder that. And the key quotes is saying, I want a place to to unload thoughts as we get into this election season. I thought I was going to do it all over at, Oh, they call it Apple TV plus that television enclave. Very small. It's a, it's, it's like, uh, (laughs) Living in Malibu, but they decided they felt that I didn't want me to say things that might get me in trouble. So you kind of wonder this, that they, they they did cancel the show last October of 2023, when it was about to get its launch was the third season. It was a good show. I mean, I I always find John Stewart very, very humorous. And, you know, he does get a little bit of political in nature a lot of times, which is fine. But he, he does it in a way that it's it's entertaining. So. But, you know, he did a smart thing. He's, he went back to The Daily Show since Trevor Noah never retired. They have not replaced him since. They were doing a guest host for a while. So now yeah. he's going to be on every Monday eight, Monday night through the through the uh, election cycle. I watched it on Monday night, and it was actually really funny. And uh, they, had, mm-hmm. they had the the biggest audience in five years. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, they missed him. And he's gonna, also going to be executive producer. And, you know, so they'll, they'll have him on just Monday nights, and they'll have the fill-in hosts uh, throughout the rest of the week. So I think it's good things. It's, it's kind of sad for Apple. I thought Apple TV Plus that was it was kind of a cool thing to have him as part of that uh, yeah. part of the retirement. But uh, it is what it is. What do you think, Kelly? Well, I have a soft spot in my heart for John Stewart because that was the first thing that Charlotte Henry and I talked about on the very first episode of Media Plus was mm. John Stewart's going to do a show on Apple TV. Yeah. What do you think? And I'm like, well, I'm a huge John Stewart fan, so let me tell you all about it. <laughs> so, so you tried to try like, I watched. Was? <laughs> Uh, she did. I I watched him very closely for that reason. But also what I really like about what he does is that he tries to make everything not necessarily dry and not necessarily balanced, but try to give you the information that there is that the relevant information and not 
filter it through a lens of, you know, because I lean left or I lean right or I have this particular agenda, like his agenda really does seem to be just to inform people and of whatever it is. And, you know, if there's I'm going to do this so you don't have to edit it, but this is not normally the word I would use. Uh, If there is rampant dumbassery, he just points at the dumbassery and goes, get a load of all that dumbassery over there. And that's it. You know, he doesn't care what affiliation that person has or anything like that. The I vividly remember before before an election, when he was still on The Daily Show every night, he said, what I really want, he said, I'm not going to tell you how to vote. It was one of those moments, you know, meet me over on camera, too. And he said, I don't I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Make my job hard. I really want to come into work every day and have people go we got nothing. We don't know what to talk about. We're not sure what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, I want my job to be complicated. Right now, what we are doing is hiding the videotapes around the office for sport because that is the only challenge in our job right now. <laughs> Make my job hard. And I really, really, rem- like that really, really stuck with me of all the stuff that that he said on that show through all those yeah. years. Let's make my job hard. And I really... I really thought that he was going to get the latitude to do a lot more with Apple. And honestly, from what I can gather based on what he has said now and kind of some of the stuff that came out around it in October, I think the problem with Jon Stewart is that he is having pronoun problems because I don't think it's him Apple was worried about getting in trouble if he said stuff on Apple TV Plus, particularly if he was going to go talk smack about China. Yeah, that's what it was. Because yeah. that was one uh, of the proposed topics. So go ahead, Ben. Between that and AI, like, yeah, that's a recipe for we're going to hush them up. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, th- this is 100% about Apple's business dealings. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. I mean, not not necessarily just in China, but there's a lot of places where if Apple is expected to do business, they're expected to pay play the local censorship game. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's which, last talk, but... when you, which when you're doing a pro a program like John Stewart does, that doesn't mesh with Apple's business goals. Yeah. Right. Jeff, you got the final word. I am so very disappointed in Apple. They they have shown that they will draw a line in the sand and will not cross it. And that line is is controversy. And they have now set themselves up to be seen as the company where if if you're going to have an editorializing show, you probably don't want to get a deal with Apple because they're going to ultimately dictate what you can and can't say on your show and tell you what your opinions can be. Yeah. So yep. Apple TV Plus is now officially just an entertainment network that's all yep so uh, a few more stories before we wrap up here joe rogan experience not uh, not my huge fan of that show is, is we're going to return to apple podcasts after a three-year hiatus following a three-year absence the hugely popular and controversial podcast the joe rogan experience is back on apple podcasts after spotify gave up its exclusivity as part of the multi-year deal that renewal with, with him. So he Spotify is paying him, but it's not exclusive anymore. They said that they're going to be officially back on Apple as well as on YouTube and full episodes in the coming weeks. So 
I guess it's a good thing because it's a very popular show and it might not be on other platforms. I and mean, it might be exclusive on Spotify since, you know, since Spotify has been, yeah. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. I think this says a lot more about the failure of Spotify as a podcast platform than anything. That too. Nailed this it. was like the first big deal that they made that Spotify made for exclusive right. content, wasn't it? Was was mm-hmm. Joe Rogan? Yeah. So if Joe Rogan's three years are up, honestly, the only my my assessment of Joe Rogan is a separate podcast. But <laughs> the the thing about it is that that's sort of the timer on when all the other exclusives are going to start timing out. And I'm curious what's going to yeah. happen to the rest of them. That was really the only takeaway I had from this was, oh, it's been three years. I wonder when everyone else is going to start respectfully declining to re-up on those deals. When the contract's up. Right. Yeah. Jeff, your thoughts? Yep. Spotify blew it. They thought they they could create their own very exclusive, highly sought after podcast network. And it turns out that in fact, no, they can't. Right. And and this is this has cost them a lot of money. And it will continue to do so even though they don't have exclusivity anymore. So, well done, Spotify. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two more quick stories here. Apple has has bought the domain name iWork.ai as evidence of a big AI push of the mounts. After ChatGPT debuted in November 2022, AI has becoming a big splash in 2023. And the, the generative AI, the, the ability to of AI to create content functions and services is popping up everywhere. Apple, however, has barely made a peep when, when, when most of it, at least they're keeping it quiet anyway. And that there is researches from uh, to Tim Cook that Apple was working on something. So uh, looks to see that Apple did buy this domain and they might be working with iWork with, you know, you know, pages, numbers, and keynote for some generative AI stuff. That's been reported on Bloomberg with Mark Kerman as well. Where do you think this is going to go, Jeff? You're going to love this one, Kelly. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. I think that that Apple's slow burn approach to taking us down the AI path, it's very calculated. And what I see happening here, what I'm projecting, is that Apple is working on giving us more of a Star Trek-like computer experience with with these apps and ultimately with uh, with their platform overall. So how do you interact with a computer on Star Trek? You tell it what you want it to do. So now it'll be, Siri, I need a spreadsheet that that lets me do these things. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this is the type of result that I want. And now I want you to take the data that I have over here, put it into the spreadsheet, and now take that and make me charts in my keynote presentation on slides five, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. And and so you'll be able to talk through your content creation in the iWork apps. And, and it'll be really cool. And wow, wouldn't that be a really useful thing to do if you're wearing your computer wrapped all around your face? I think your theory is half of my theory. And my theory is the AI push isn't strapping the future to your face. It isn't iWork.ai. That's a piece of it. But like you said, you're going to have to talk to it. And I think 
we've seen a lot of, I mean, everything we've seen has been vision pro. It's all been about what you can see. It's been about the headset, about the the glasses, about putting it on your face, about this whole thing up here that you can look at. You know, I'll let Jeff make the my eyes are up here joke later. And <laughs> the thing that that it all is going to have to come back to is is the assistant. And this lady is going to have to be completely new and completely different and useful and helpful and i swear mine has wandered off i don't know what happened but all of the crazy stories that people used to tell about talking to their home pods are all happening to me now and they didn't used to and i was always impressed that the robot assistants from apple could hear what i was saying and recognize what i was saying because a lot of because at least initially the google one couldn't like didn't hear me at all or would barely understand me. Like I had a really, really thick accent some in, of some particular fashion. And it never had any problem understanding any of the male people that I would. I'm like, how do you get it to do anything? And they're like, I just tell it, you know, and they would talk to it and it would be fine. And I would talk to it and it would have no idea what I was saying. And now I swear mine has started to have a meltdown. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong. But with the Vision Pro, now that it's out and now that people have it and we can have that conversation about what people have on their faces and not what people think they're going to have on their faces. Now that it's a real thing that is now substantiated in the world and, you know, everyone made it manifest and now you can actually go get one. The thing that that comes about now is like all these other pieces are falling into place about other stuff Apple has been doing for a long time. I know Jeff, you and I talk about you talk about this regularly. You know, now that Apple has this thing, remember that weird decision they made two versions of operating system ago where we all went, "What the heck?" Well, now it makes complete sense. And I think this year at Dub Dub, if we don't get a new voice assistant that is completely different. From the ground up, the default voice is different. The stuff you can ask is different. The stuff it's capable of doing is different. If we don't get that from Apple, I'm going to be shocked because that's at the core of a computer that you do not interact with with your hands. If you're not going to physically type, if you're not going to physically use a keyboard, I know everybody's got a Apple Extended 2 keyboard with 19 adapters hooked up to their Vision Pro. I get it. Do not at me. But all of the rest of the people who are doing this, you're not supposed to need a keyboard. You're not supposed to need a mouse. You're not supposed to need any of that stuff. Even on iOS, you're not, you know, you're supposed to be able to talk through a lot of that stuff. And you're not going to be able to do that if you have an incapable assistant. And the problem that Apple has been up against from the beginning is that Amazon's assistant and Google's assistant were not initially made to work in conjunction with your iPhone, your iPhone screen, your, you know, being able to show you results on a screen in front of you. They were always voice first. What do I do if I can't show you anything? And the, and I feel like Apple's has been, has been held back in a way because it always wants to show me more results on my iPhone, but like, no, get better about doing that. Get better about asking, you know, what you can do to process that data. And part of that, I think, is why we've continued to get more on device. And so I'm really hopeful that the new assistant will be at the core of everything. Like right now, it's it's iOS. 
the the deep down strip right. down kernel of iOS is the thing that powers everything. And I think once we can make that shift to it being the assistant, that will be the thing that makes the, all the rest of this fit together. All right, Ben, uh, you get the final word. Look, uh, unlike the other companies, Apple does not prototype in public. It's pretty yeah. clear at this point that the 2024 WWDC cycle will be the operating systems will be heavily invested in generative AI. You're going to see AI voice assistant, AI search, and probably Sherlock and Grammarly. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Last story here this week. Uh, TikTok is released a Vision Pro app with immersive viewing experience. Uh, they announced that they released this app for Vision Pro headset. And the app is optimized for Vision Pro's sp uh, spatial design style. And TikTok is promising a more immersive viewing experience with the short form videos. You know, experience your your for your head in an entirely new way. Thought and immersed content view. That's what they said on a post on X, formerly Twitter. All this is going to do is everybody that's already addicted to TikTok now is going to probably well, they're going to go out run out and get a Vision Pro so then they can be really more addicted to TikTok. Don't you think, Kelly? I don't know. I'm like the last person in the world that doesn't have a TikTok account. But if TikTok wants to send me an Apple Vision Pro to try their app, I will sign up. <laughs> I figured you would. What do you think, Jeff? That would be the thing. That would make me sign up for it. Once again, hypothesis. What? what big video company has said, yeah, we're not doing Vision Pro. You know, we're, we're thinking about it. We're not doing Vision Pro. YouTube. It's spelled YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what does TikTok do? They're like, hey, here's this totally new platform. YouTube is dragging their feet. Let's get in first. Yeah. And and TikTok is growing exponentially anyhow. Oh, it's insane. So, yeah, I mean, so get the lead. Mm -hmm. They may not be able to keep it, but they can have the lead yeah. for a while. Yeah. Especially with the rumors that TikTok or I can't say it, TikTok is set to get into the the landscape longer form video market. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I I just hope yeah you know, people don't get addicted to it more than or they already are because I know I know people that are very addicted to TikTok and can be on it for hours and hours and hours. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and wrap up this week. This was a great show. We had a lot of great conversations, and so glad all of you were here this week. But uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Macedon at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe when, and so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash iOS. Thanks to everybody who was in the chat this week, uh, Wayne and Guy and Brett and uh, Brian F. Good to see you as well. Uh, and uh, you can also go and watch the, the live stream like, like we are now, and you can also watch the live stream after the fact as well as listen to past shows. Visit In Touch With iOS Magazine on Flipboard, where many of the 
topics that are, dis- that are discussed are flipped into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links and all the ways to listen to us are on our website. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. And Kelly Goman, thank you for being here. We're always so thrilled to have you here. Where can people find you? Uh, well, currently you can find me recovering from the dentist because I came straight to the podcast from getting a crown installed. Oh. So, yay. Um, and uh, the rest of the time, you can find me over on Mastodon, where I am verso at mastodon.social. Uh, you can sometimes find me on Instagram under the same username. And uh, you can find me over on The Incomparable occasionally talking about things. And uh, on uh, Mac Voices Live, you can occasionally find me doing my darndest to keep Chuck Joyner way off topic. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the time, you can find me on The After Show with Mike and Kelly, where we just celebrated our 100th episode. Uh, which sounds really impressive, wow. except we also discovered we've been doing this for like 10 years. Life gets oh, in the way. <laughs> yeah, we took some breaks. Um, but uh, we're kind of back with a vengeance. We had two episodes that uh, where we had guests featured and they were two different guests. It wasn't just a two-parter. Uh-huh. Um, we have a couple guests in the pipeline that are going to also be really fun. And nice. um, we've been releasing episodes more regularly lately. So um, you can always find us over there uh, uh, talking about uh, ridiculous things and basically trying to crack each other up and occasionally make a uh, deep cut Broadway reference. So come check us out. I, I'm making it sound really exciting. I know. Uh, but if you do publicly confess that you listen to the show, then we will say hello to you on the next episode. Um, that's like the that's the catch. You have to go somewhere and publicly declare it, and then uh, once you've outed yourself, then we will add you to the list of people we say hi to. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So right. yeah, thank you, thank you, Kelly, uh, Jeff Gammon. Otherwise, you so can glad. find me playing Pokemon Go. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff Gammon. It's always great to have you on the show. Where can people find you? It's always great to be here, and uh, yeah, I really really happy seriously um okay so uh you can find me on social medias jay gamut uh pretty much everywhere mastodon instagram and threads that's where i'm active right now then for shows uh let's see if i can get show names right because i'm on (laughs) i'm on a i'm on a tear here for like what weeks now months at this point i think mm-hmm. where i i keep screwing up show names um <laughs> all right chuck joiner tuesdays mac voices live thursdays dave ginsburg in touch with ios uh for the british tech network thursdays the big show fridays the mac show by the way on today's big show i started off by saying hello everyone and welcome to the mac show <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and somewhere oh. in the distance John Martellaro looked off in the distance and smiled and he, just, and he doesn't know why he has no <laughs> idea why <laughs> yep um, let's see then uh, yeah Fridays for the Mac show uh, this week's context machine that Brian Chaffin and I do is out and uh, and I'm totally totally 
calling this one out because I have found only one person that had a legit uh, use case beyond just, hey, this is fun and entertainment for Apple Vision Pro when it was announced and they bought it. And here we're, what, here, two weeks into Vision Pro and they are actually following through with their real world business use case for oh, Vision awesome. Pro. So, gotta go tune in. I got to in. Tune in. Thank you, Jeff. And last but certainly not least, Ben Rathick, thank you for being here. Where can people find you? Go Cubs. Well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rathig on your on your choice of the 10,000 different social media websites <laughs> these days. Um, you can find my writings at Rathig.tech. On Tuesday nights, you uh, you can find me on Mac Voices Live with Chuck Joyner. And on Thursday and Friday morning slash afternoons slash whatever, depending on where you are, you can find me on the Big and Mac shows on the British Tech Network. Thank you, Ben. And thank everybody here for listening and watching. We really appreciate it. We love doing this show. And I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, we'll talk again soon.